Hello, hi, and welcome to Red Sky Fuel for Thought, the podcast show from Red Habas that interviews leaders in industry to bring you the latest insight, brightest thinking, and emerging trends in communications. I'm your host, Richard Clark, and I have the great pleasure of welcoming you to this, our inaugural show. As this is the very first episode, there is really only one leader in industry that could help kick us off, and that is James Wright. Global CEO of Red Havas and Global Chairman of the Havas PR Global Collective. In this episode, you will hear James talk about his experience leading a team of comms experts through a global pandemic, why brands need a purpose more than ever before, and how brands and sectors can reignite demand for their products and services in a post-COVID world. Here we go. I hope you enjoy listening. James, good morning. How are you? Oh, very well, Rich. Thanks for having me on the show today. Thank you for joining uh, me on Red Sky Fuel for Thought and our inaugural show. Just for listeners' sake, James is actually joining me uh, from New York City, where he lives, and also for the medium of teams. So it's obviously something that we've all had to get you know, pretty acquainted with quite quickly over the last few months. I'm going to dive in and then sort of really start with the fact that I almost didn't quite know where to start um, our conversation today because so much has happened recently, hasn't it? But I thought what might be good is if we actually sort of focused on sort of you and, and your role as a sort of leader of a, of a global PR collective. I sort of can only assume that this is sort of perhaps the most difficult crisis that you've been faced with, you know, in your career. And it's sort of, it really is a crisis that, that there is no blueprint for a leader to sort of in terms of helping weather the storm. I just sort of wondered, how have you adapted your leadership style in this time? Rich, I think we've been living in a time warp as well in the last few months. I can't believe that um, some of the normalcy that we had in over Christmas and then into January and uh, the fact that I was traveling in different parts of the world uh, only sort of six months ago and and everything felt very sort of normal to where we are today. And, and, And even though it was January when I'm referring to that time, it actually felt sometimes when I look back on it like it was two or three years ago um, and then in other in other ways it feels like it was a couple of weeks ago so it's kind of been a strange mm. period in that sense and I, and I get that um, sort of uh, feeling from a lot of people who kind of are, are losing what day it is and what week it is mm. you know now that we're all camped at home working from home I mean this uh, pandemic has pervaded mm. every part of our lives in in every country and every community and and uh, and has affected every business and everybody uh, in a different different and personal way yeah um and you know some more than others and, and some you know it may come to them um at different times and so it's been a challenge to work all through that so a lot of things to navigate within our our own business in terms of our our people and putting their health and wellness first ensuring that they feel supported um in both uh, their uh, working life and so helping them work from home giving them the tools and tricks and technologies that they need to continue to be effective to also support them um, and their loved ones their their sort of health and, and any other kind of issues that they might be going through that sort of has fallen out of what's happened with uh, the global pandemic and also the the other issues that have come to the fore during this time with you know economic and political uncertainty the mm-hmm. the uh, black lives matter movement as well has been a, a particularly um, concerning uh, sort of uh, issue that's arisen and, and quite rightly so in terms of you know how that's impacted and, and, and has really captured people's hearts and minds and, and, and it's great to see that that's building momentum now so that's also been a factor in everything that's happening and so you know then you've got the same with your clients the clients are mm-hmm. people too and they're going through 
all of all of those similar feelings and 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 issues of of you know work and personal life and what's going on in society and in their community and then of course you know one thing as a as a leader you know you've also got to look after yourself because you know you've got to be able to operate i mean i spend most of my time right now dealing with you know people issues and not necessarily that people are causing issues but you know you know things from how do we get people back into the building and into the offices how mm-hmm. do we support those people that are doing it tough right now with maybe health issues that have that have happened to them or their family or other kind of uh, issues like their parenting how do they mm-hmm. continue to be effective if they're managing children at home and, and homeschooling so you know it's 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 kind of perfect storm of so many issues happening at one time and you kind of got to know instinctively where to spend your time each day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a plan, you know, every week and every day for what I expect my day to look like. And inevitably, an hour, two hours in, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's completely changed. And yeah. and gen- generally, it is, is it has been about, you know, keeping the wheels turning with our teams and, and, and supporting and helping them through what has been a, you know, very challenging situation and one that doesn't look like it's going away anywhere soon. Do you think there's a real difference in sort of leadership style um, from CEOs in sort of in this crisis versus other crises like the GFC, for example, in in, in 2008? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, sort of new to being a managing director in 2008. I was mm-hmm. I was young. I was very I was very young. I was 28 years old. Um, mm-hmm. Suddenly thrown into this situation and i learned a lot from that um it was probably a little bit more sort of directly impactful uh in terms of the economic hit we made changes almost uh, immediately as things became apparent that this was going to be a a recession and quite a, a deep one and i also saw you know a lot of things that that, that our clients were doing that, that we were doing that perhaps you know i think we've all learned from and i think this you know what i've seen this time around is a much greater understanding of the empathy required to deal with people when you're um when they're going through challenges when you have to make difficult decisions about the future of the business and the sustainability of the business when your clients have to do the same mm-hmm. and you know t- treating people with that kind of respect and empathy that they need i mean tough decisions have to be made they need to be made you need to be able to uh, ensure that the the business can still make the ends meet and and still sort of continue uh, and and we know that that's just the reality of the situation but you know there are ways in which you can go about that that um, at least are respectful to people when you when you go through some of those more difficult decisions and i think that's one of the big differences i've seen mm-hmm. and, and also you know that really stemmed from an economic issue that then actually then had impacts on health and well-being this is really a health and well-being issue that is then having an impact on very big impact on the economy so that's kind of a different way in which you can you know the, the lens in which you can look at this you mentioned there's sort of respect and, and empathy are sort of are key things particularly sort of you know just from a leader perspective in in these times but is that the kind of advice that you've been giving to uh, to clients and colleagues when you think about sort of well what the imperatives are um in terms of being a leader and when uncertainty really is the is sort of the only thing that's that's sort of certain um, at this time yeah i mean i think it's the ultimate test of your character and your leadership mm. isn't it um yeah. you know, what do you stand for uh you know how do you go about doing business and treating people during a time when everybody is under a huge amount of pressure personally and professionally and you know this is where you stand up as a leader this is where you prove to your team that you are um you know you have the uh, skills and Mm -hmm. talent to be a ceo and i think that's where you will see and history will judge a lot of the the people that have been in leadership positions whether they're ceos or 
politicians or otherwise, uh, history will tell how well that they've managed that situation. But for me, it's about, you know, making sure that the team feel respected, um, supported, and, yeah. you know, the clients feel that we're offering them right kind of advice. I mean, I, I, I also think because there's no playbook here, a lot of it is um, driven by instinct uh, mm-hmm. as much as experience. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I mean, we're all dealing with this crisis in real time, so everyone needs to sort of pivot and yeah. to keep moving forward really understand as well that there's a lot more context often to decisions that are, that are being made than otherwise. So I also kind of impress on to our teams and my teams where there's information I can't necessarily share that's trust in the judgment and the decisions that are being made. A lot of that context can sometimes be lost or cannot be communicated for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, the legal, regulatory or otherwise, whether that's the fact that, you know, some people are taking some leave of absences and you can't explain why that is or the fact that you know kind of you have to make changes in the business and again you know there might be reasons that you don't want to and you don't have you can't share uh, with everyone as to why those decisions are being made just change topic now and talk a little bit about brand purpose and csr and i think you know if there's one thing this crisis has shown for brands is that silence is, is, is definitely not golden you know what's been really interesting to observe from the beginning is how media and consumers have actively been looking at how brands and companies have responded to this crisis so, so i sort of first wanted to ask you are there sort of what are or are there any brand behaviors that have really sort of caught your attention i've loved the fact that so many brands and organizations have really stepped up to play a meaningful role in their communities and societies whether it's been you know, changing production lines to create healthcare supplies, you know, moving from, you know, making alcohol spirits to hand sanitizers to giving away free hotel rooms and frontline or any sort of healthcare worker that's playing a key role. That's been fantastic to watch. I mean, I've loved seeing that. And I think that that has given me a huge amount of respect for a lot of these organizations. And, And even if it's just a small role, as in using your own social channels to share information around what you should do in terms of personal hygiene, wear a mask, wash your hands. You've seen that also with many, many celebrities, personalities, influencers doing the same thing. I think it's really heartening to see that people can come together like that. And, you know, and that's, I think, had a, a huge difference. And in many ways, it's been businesses that have stepped up to the plate to almost sort of drive the public health message in a more consistent way than perhaps we've seen from politicians. And certainly I would say that that's true in the U- in the U.S., Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, ultimately for a lot of organizations, and I agree with you that it isn't about silence right now. It's about, you know, standing up for the purpose of your organization. And, and we've heard a lot, a lot in recent years around um, having a purpose beyond profit. Well, that this right now, this moment in time is the ultimate test mm-hmm. of um, whether that is indeed the case, whether you actually walk the walk around that. And so this goes, you know, way beyond what, what's happening here and now, but this is going to set you up for the future. And I think, you know, consumers have a long memory. People have a long memory of, you know, organizations, people that do, you know, that don't do the right thing at the right time. Yeah. So, yeah, this acceleration towards a human brand where, you know, you act as you would expect somebody in the community with those kind of um, skills and uh, access to to act so you know how can you play a role has been a big question in every boardroom I think Mm -hmm. Uh, and those people that have said yes and then gone about their business by supporting and and doing what's required and like I say that can manifest itself in many different ways 
you know, fundraising, awareness raising, or mm-hmm. as I say, you know, those people that have used their products or strategic capability to 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 sort of help with the response to the pandemic. Is I yeah. say, it's, I think it's been fantastic to to see. And do you think so? You're just talking there about sort of um, you know brands walking the walk, uh, standing up. Uh, sort of, you know, de- defining their role through through this crisis. Have you then seen a difference in sort of how the media have been sort of reporting on, you know, brand things like brand CSR? Because for so long, the single sort of story is the pandemic, as in like every story you you mm-hmm. watch and, yeah. and, you know, read or, or learnt about in any of your feeds was sort of told with a pandemic lens that you know those stories have come to the fore and you know been again you know an inspiration to other brands and other organizations that to, to sort of inspire them to want to do more themselves mm-hmm. so that's been that's been great i mean you've also seen a move back to more traditional media and communications i mean you know we're all working from home right now everyone's got cnn or or uh, BBC World or Fox in the background, whatever whatever it is that you are, that you know we're we're taking more, um, we're consuming more of those that kind of traditional media, listening to the radio, reading the newspapers, maybe not in newspaper format, but on our iPads or on our tablets. And I think you know that's where we're turning back to that kind of um, those sort of institutions that that are there to provide the information that we need to make smart decisions about our own lives but also to learn about what is the scale and response to this mm-hmm. crisis and it is a it is a crisis so getting your organization and brand to the to the fore there actually it's actually been some of the good news stories where you've seen those responses and also um, the organizations who are also going out there and playing a role in thanking those people who are at the front line. You know, that's also you know been fantastic to see too, and the whole community come together. So I think everybody can find their voice in this story at the right time. And yeah. um, providing, you know, you do it with some balance and with some, you know, you know, you're cognizant of how you might come across, then I think it, it's been, it's you know, and you've seen that. There's been a lot of positive um, messages and a lot of positive energy around those organizations and brands that have played a, a big role. So I guess that so the, the question then perhaps on everyone's lips really is how do you think brands and companies can, can strike the balance between purpose and profit in the future? Well, I think it's been about putting people first. Um, and so that's what we've we've seen. So how do you put your your stakeholders first beyond your shareholders? And again, that's you know part of that purpose beyond profit has been this shift from you know shareholders being the key and number one sort of uh, audience and stakeholder to actually looking at all of the stakeholders and looking at how uh, your organization is bringing value to them and, and how they can also bring value to you so that's been a, a big shift and it's not true of every brand and organizations and of course there's also been some you know some poorer examples of where perhaps you know organizations have done the wrong thing uh, it's also been good to see though actually when that's happened that they've they've kind of actually pulled a u-turn or changed their sort of course quite quickly you know based on the reaction of usually kind of internal audiences but you know external factors too so you know i think you just need that integrity around what your planning to do and you know to understand that this isn't about looking at the short term this isn't about just getting through each month to you know to to hit a a a profitability number it's about actually what is the bigger picture here will your organ what, what will your organization look like in a year or two years time when you know hopefully we're out out of this kind of 
crisis situation with the pandemic and more in a, a situation where it's being properly controlled and managed. The third and final topic I wanted to, to chat to you about is, is how brands, sectors, nonprofits can stimulate uh, demand as, as lockdown measures are either easing, you know, in certain parts, like for example, where I am um, in the UK, it's sort of, it's slowly but surely sort of, you know, being led, led by England, um, where lockdown measures are easing, um, or, you know, indeed in certain parts of the world, being put back in place, like like where you are in um, in America, although sort of, uh, I'm not sure the, what the latest situation in New York is, but certainly California sounds, um, you know, that it's sort of going back into sort of uh, shelter in place orders. So I was just sort of wondering, you know, if you look at um, some of the hardest hit sectors like live experiences, for example, you know, sort of summer has been cancelled, hasn't it really? If you think about festivals, you know, the, the usual calendar of, um, you know, outdoor activities or live experiences this year has sort of, you know, it's it's been pretty non-existent, including sport, you know, as well. Sort of what can those sort of sectors do to try and, you know, instill confidence and actually really try and just get some traction going? I mean, everyone's got to innovate right now, got to think think differently about how they go about their um, their work and, 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 and their business. And of course, you know, those key areas that are, have been hit, you know, greatly. I mean, you talk about sort of those people in live events and, and not for profits, but, you know, great, great deal of the retail sector, you know, has changed. Will we ever see a return to shopping malls in the way that we've seen them before? You know, are we going to, uh, how is the travel and tourism sector going to bounce back, um, particularly if uh, certain sectors of society or age groups feel particularly uncomfortable about traveling? Um, particularly then to countries that are harder hit, where perhaps they don't have the same level of healthcare and sort of technology to to, to support, you know, a, a managing of the situation, mm-hmm. you know, all the way through to the knock-on effect, which, you know, of, of people not having enough money that they're not spending it in certain areas. And a big um, a question mark here in the US is the impact on education because, of, you know, if you can't afford to send your kids to college, now that becomes a, a bigger issue that will last for, you know, a decade and beyond. So, you know, and then of course we talked about um, we talked about small businesses um, mm-hmm. uh, earlier, Richard, and mm-hmm. of course they're very very badly hit. So, how do you in each of those areas think about think doing things differently? And you know, virtual events have become this uh, sort of something that we we've, we've we've seen a lot more of, and people innovating and accelerating more towards. Uh, making those virtual events more engaging. I, I know that, for example, in sports and in um, music and as part of our ownership, we're owned by Vivendi and we, we do a lot of work in entertainment through you know Canal Plus and, and Universal Music Group, which is the world's biggest music um, label. Uh, you know, we're looking at the, the likes of you know, how the virtual reality, we were exploring virtual reality in terms of live events. And so, you know, how do we actually embrace that in a bigger way in this in this period of time and then mm-hmm. you know when we come out of it the other end you know do we go back to the way that events were you know traditionally put on or is it actually this blend of sort of physical and virtual and this sort of emergence of virtual the virtual reality of, of, mm-hmm. of things so how can things be partly physical and partly 
virtual. So I think everyone's got to think very much kind of with uh, an open mind about how everything's going to look. I think the not-for-profit not for profit sector is particularly challenging. And actually, if you take a take it back a step even further, where you know, there's recent research that's come out from UNICEF and WHO about all of the other conditions and diseases that perhaps haven't had the same level of um, uh, money and attention mm -hmm. in the attention. last six months. You've seen kind of, you know, a lot of, uh, again, issues with, with other conditions and diseases kind of, a, 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 of coming back um, in, a, in a bigger way because, because we haven't given them enough attention or indeed kids not getting immunized from, from uh, certain diseases uh, as well. So, uh, you know, but, but for not-for-profits, for not you know, how do you make yourself relevant? And I think, you know, you really, really need to have a base of very strong um a strong community that you you can reach out to who understand your organization understand what you're trying to do and uh will support you through this time it's hard to go out and actually get anyone else um to to really give you the attention that you need but you know some organizations will still need to do that to be able to be sustainable going forward so how do they go about that there's no silver bullet but i think you've got to try different things and be willing to try new things to try and seek new awareness and fundraising avenues. And I'm working with a few organizations right now who are who are doing just that and they're finding their own route into it. Working with an organization that is focusing on mental health and mental fitness. And that's a huge issue right now with the anxiety and issues that people are facing through both the pandemic and you know the, the racial inequality that we mm -hmm. are seeing you know rise to the surface right now. And um, uh, and obviously, you know, the the economic and social uncertainty that comes with that. And mm -hmm. that's their route into it. And, and of course, you know, if we're going to see a rise in the number of, um, you know, suicides, then that is, you know, that's, you know, one suicide is too much in my point of view, from my point of view. So they've got a role to play and that's their kind of route into, into this. And so, you know, I think you've got to try and find that route into getting into people's mindsets about the importance of your cause and your organization of course a lot of those not-for-profits as well rely on physical events i mean yeah. you see the impact that the london marathon has had on the uk non-for-profit yeah. sector mm -hmm. which was huge it's a huge fundraiser for that you know for, for many many charities so you think about all of those sporting events that happen uh, like that or um you know the, the 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 world's biggest tea mornings that you know some of the cancer organizations uh, undertake so all of those are cur currently off the table well how do you how do you pivot and do something else that's going to create kind of similar levels of fundraising or any level of fundraising frankly right now so look it's a it's a challenge for everybody to, that we're all going through and i think you know it's important to get the right uh support and counsel around you to advise you as you're moving through Thinking again about um, the, you know, what impact or, or the impact that uh, the pandemic has had uh, on influencers specifically, and we've, we've talked quite a bit today about, you know, the role of brands, businesses, companies, um, you know, in society today, their contribution to the cause and sort of what the future looks like. I think it's it's also, uh, you know, it's really interesting too to look at how this crisis has impacted the influencer industry. Um, you know, the influencers have literally been influenced or become influenced, so that they are those that have become influenced overnight as, as, a, as a result of this. What what do you think? Uh, what's your view on sort of what that that influencer model of the future looks like um, going forward? I mean, we've always had influencers in the sense that we've always used um, 
talent and people of profile to push a message, you know, for decades now. And since sort of the um, the emergence of social media in its more contemporary form in the last uh, decade and a little bit more, um, they've certainly become a much more powerful tool to be used in the marketing mix. But it was still very much at its infancy uh, in the last uh, sort of decade of how they were going to be used and probably more so in the last three or four years in particular, those people who've built profiles. I think that um, there's, a, there's a few components that I think we've seen. One is that they're really understanding their role in a community in a more meaningful way than just, you know, selling the latest fashion item, but actually being able to play a role uh, as part of that, uh, almost as a brand to mm. be able to push the, you know, the public information and health messaging that we've seen many of them do, as well as actually also uh, supporting some of those, you know, we talked about not-for-profits before, I've seen some of them actually also being advocating for the uh, charities and not-for-profits that they support. And so that's been um, uh, important to see too. They, I think, have grown up uh, a lot during this time too. And I think that that's where those messages have become much more mature uh, in what I've seen. And I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a good thing. It's, it's made people also think about who are their audience and what are they expecting them to, to do during during this period of time. And also for brands who are utilising them, that you know they're much more cognizant and aware of and policing who, as an influencer, they're they're activating on behalf of their brand. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I think, but I think I've just been very buoyed as well by the the number of, of people though that that have really come to the table uh, off their own bats really to to talk about what's required in society today to try and control and manage this problem. And if you think about social media, it's just what you mentioned, human connection. I mean, it, it's basically gone back to what that the original purpose of social media, which was human connection, or being that's, online. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. And, and, you know, and people who's, I, I, I think, and I know I, I don't necessarily have the research back, so I'm sort of talking from my own perspective and what I've seen. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like brands are really thinking about uh, what they're posting. I think people are too. I am really thinking about what's what are people wanting to see and hear from me right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you still need a bit of that, uh, you know, silliness and funness that you know we see because you need a bit of that distraction. But also mm-hmm. people like you know taking to social media with more purpose and thoughtfulness around what they're what they're doing and that can only be a good thing yeah and then um i also just wanted to ask this is probably a, a, a fairly broad question um but you know based on where we are and sort of and, and where we've been do you think there will be or indeed already are you know, winners and losers um, uh, from this crisis? You know, I think that the healthcare and pharma sectors continue to perform throughout the, uh, through the COVID-19 crisis and, and uh, that will continue. You've seen many parts of the tech and e-commerce sector do very, very well too. Um, particularly if your uh, agency is skewed into those areas, you'd probably be better placed. Uh, content and social has held itself very steady too, particularly with more B2B clients looking to embrace that in a bigger way, um, but as in any an economic downturn, you will also see you know the likes of real estate, travel and tourism, retail, small business, not for profit suffer, 
and of course there's a knock-on effect into other sectors like education which we we talked about before too um so you know there's there's always going to be those people that that, that that or those organizations that do better or not i think the interesting part will be in a few years time when we look back at our uh, leaders and our society and, and looking at who the winners and losers were there. I'd be loved, it'd be great to do sort of, um, uh, you know, a, a take on on what society thinks right now to what they think about in, in five years time when we look back at this very unique time in our history. Well, James, all good things must come to an end. It was an absolute pleasure having you as our very first leader in industry in Red Sky Field for Thought. Thank you so much for talking with me today. You're very welcome. Well, that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening to the inaugural Red Sky Field for Thought podcast show. See you again soon for more of the latest comms insight from the team at Red Havas.